the SND Podcast channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Welcome to a very special edition of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven is here, Danny is here, Vin is here. What's going on, boys? It's NFL draft season. Nothing much. I'm just happy. It's my, one of my favorite times of year. Uh, definitely top three in the NFL calendar. So, I'm ready to get it started. Vin, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Excited, as always, to uh, get this going. If the draft season is always interesting. A lot of trades this year to move people around. So, you know, besides picks one and pretty much two, we're not sure where people are going. Pretty fun. It should be a fun year. Um, before we get started, like we do for most of our special episodes, we always try and like to give back when it comes to these things. And uh, a good friend of mine from work, uh, his name is Donnie, is going to be joining us later. His son uh, is actually growing up with what is called the Weidman-Steiner syndrome, which is a rare genetic disorder associated with with increased body hair, intellectual disability, a um, couple other things, feeding difficulties, a couple um, appearance issues, which we'll go into much further details on his, on his son Parker later on with, when he joins us. Um, so we are going to raise money. Him and his wife actually started a fund called the Rare Jeans Movement. So once again, we are going to do a $3 donation for every listen that we do get for this podcast episode. Um, and I know he's going to share it. So make sure if you are listening, please share it with all your family and friends so we can help raise a lot of money for this great cause for uh, Donnie and their family going towards this rare disease that is out there. Um, Donnie is a... From Ohio originally, now in Detroit, uh, in New Jersey. Sorry, I don't know why I was thinking about Detroit there for a second. Um, I got a nice little funny story when he comes on later on. He is a big Cincinnati Bengals fan, so we will get his take on the Cincinnati Bengals later on. Something different than you know, listening to our rambles about the Giants, Jets, and Packers, which we're gonna get into now. Where do we want to start? You want to start with the Jets with the number two pick, since it's pretty much. You know, the easiest of probably the three. And they also have two picks, too. They have so. two first-round picks. They have, I think it's 10 total this year for the Jets. Yeah, something like that. They're, they could do the quick rebuild if they do everything right this this uh, draft season. Listen, another thing they can do, too, is always trade away a bunch of those picks. Not that second pick, of course, but, you know, the later in the first-round pick, you know, other picks in the draft that can help them get other draft picks for, you know, moving forward next year and, you know, the following year, a couple of draft picks here or there if they really wanted to. Um, right. But it's safe to say we're, we're, we're all in the same boat here where they're taking Wilson at two, right? There, there shouldn't be a, a, unless out of the blue, they surprise everybody. Wilson should be the guy there at two. Yeah, I was very stubborn about it uh, a couple of months ago with Fields, but it just seems like the Jets like him better. So there's no point in arguing to my face terms about uh, Fields. But uh, Wilson seems to have 
most of the package. There's some debate that he didn't really have the stiffest competition this year with BYU, but it looks like he has enough it to be a quarterback in the NFL, and he has the moxie and the drive to be good. It's just, will the Jets build around him? Is the ultimate question that's whatever surrounding whatever Jet quarterback they draft every year. Well, every couple of years. See, the, my biggest thing with the Jets having the 10 picks is the biggest problem that I felt personally, besides the, the lack of you know weapons around, of course, um, for Darnold, was the offensive line. But, right. you know, as Giant fans, Danny, we've watched in plenty of years – you know, that first Super Bowl run was built through the draft and the offensive linemen and the blocking, you know, right. all of the giant offensive linemen moving forward. Even now, I think, what, one guy on the line going into this year wasn't drafted for the Giants? Uh, yeah, it was Zeigler. Zeigler, yeah. right. And then even this coming up season, they, even though they cut Zeigler, I think Soldier's still the only one that wasn't actually drafted by the Giants themselves right. that they're bringing in. And teams know, like... You can get offensive alignment throughout the entire draft, and I feel like the Jets have to take advantage of having these 10 picks of how many of them can you use on an offensive line. Well, the Giants' offensive line is completely homegrown because Soldier probably isn't going to start. So the starting offensive line is going to be homegrown. So it's going to be interesting to see. The Jets did take, um, what was his name, Beacon last year for their yeah, offensive yeah, line. Yeah, the 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 he apparently had the best rookie year with the off left tackles that actually played left tackle. Because I know Worth, Worth won the Super Bowl with playing right right tackle. Right. So um, with that being said, like, you know, they already have the one guy there. Now you got to build the rest of it. And the most important thing, in my opinion, the Jet fans have to realize is if you're going to build that offensive line in the draft, know that it's going to take a game or two to get them ready to go. It's not going to just jump right into sync <laughs> right away, especially with all these teams doing the virtual camps to start the season. Right. And they have five picks in the first three rounds. You can get yourself like two offensive linemen out of that set and, and – you know, get some guys that are going to be hopefully starters for you for years to come with Becton. And, and it gives whoever you're picking and probably, I don't know if they go weapon at, at 23, but they right. did just sign um, Corey Davis, right, from yeah. Tennessee. And they drafted Enzo Mills. Enzo? Something yeah. Mills last year. Um, so they, I mean, they, they have guys who hopefully can be weapons. It's just kind of putting everything together for the Jets as it always yeah, is. Yeah, well, with the second pick, the Jets stay—they're in a good pretty spot because there's a plenty of offensive linemen or Najee Harris from uh, Alabama's running back that could be day one starter for them. Or at twenty-two, right? Yeah, or yeah, they, or they. Or they take wide receiver that the wide receiver class is so deep, and if they they could probably pick who they would want before the second round, they could even I I don't think they will do it, but they could easily go quarter uh, running back. I mean wide receiver wide receiver with that second first round pick and the second pick in the second round. So like the Jets have a wide open spot, or they can get one of the edge guys that we're gonna talk about later tonight. Um, it's very wide open, like. It's funny, like, there's a lot of middle-of-the-pack um, talent that 
if they were like considered in the top 15 they would be uh, considered like reaches but where the jets are sitting and where the packers are sitting those guys are perfect spots to be drafted by both of them yeah so. i agree um on that 100 like you're gonna go you're basically gonna let the draft play out at 20 at 23 you're right. that's all you gotta do is uh, feel the jets and that's what the championship teams do you look at what's gonna be there when you get there now as you guys know um my favorite mock draft place is walter football at 23 they have them grabbing cal fairly the cornerback from virginia tech yeah that that wouldn't be bad the problem with him is he had a very bad back injury so that's why he fell he was arguably one of the best corners in the college ranks the last couple of years. So, um, a couple other possibilities here are Harris or right. uh, Travis Enty. Where is that guy from? Travis Etienne, yeah, yeah, from Clemson. From Clemson, okay. Um, and then Jalen Phillips would be the other, the third guy that would possibly right. the DN offensive lineman. He's offensive an interesting. Linebacker. He's going to be interesting. Uh, he's going to be very interesting. That name's going to be interesting on Thursday night because. Phillips? Um, Who? Yes, Phillips. Okay. Because the reason with Phillips is, from what everything I've been reading, he's a stud, but he had concussion issues. And what will teams consider with the concussion issues? Will they take a risk on him? I know the Giants like hint, like flirted with the idea of him for a while. I know his name has been floating around the last couple of weeks. So he can go anywhere from 11 to the end of the first round, maybe the second round. So it's going to be interesting to see which team takes takes a shot at him. Um, will it be the Jets? Um, the Jets also can get the linebacker from Notre Dame. He's pretty solid as well. Um, the Jets with 30, the 30, the 23rd pick is really whatever, whatever basically. What, who's best available? Yeah, basically, whatever the best available is, you can't be wrong with that. But it's the Jets. But you got to trust Douglas. Douglas is going to get the get the ball running. He's good at drafting players. That's so they claim. So if I'm a Jeff fan, I'm I'm sitting pretty with those first two, the first night with those two picks, and overall ten picks. It, that could quickly change, upstart this team. And they could quickly get the rebuild going. They might not be good year one, year two, but year three of this, they could be rocking and rolling and just go for a playoff run. And also you Never realize, know. like we're talking about 23, they also have now then the second pick of the right. second round, the day two. So it's like, okay, now you're just looking at, okay, who are the next group of guys drafting? Or am I going to take, Okay, so I take two of those picks. Am I going to jump back into, am I going to call Tampa and say, hey, listen, let us have the last pick of the first round and we'll give you our our first pick in the second round and another one of those late round picks, you know, because you'll have eight left, you know, maybe right. you swipe out to jump back up front trying to trying to grab like, let's say they do take that offense, uh, the outside linebacker defensive end Phillips. Right, maybe they jump back up then, and then they see the Clemson running back still available there, and they're like, "Hey, Tampa, let us take him. Let's right. trade." Or, you know, whoever else is there at the end of the sec- of the first round. I forgot who else is uh, got those late picks. 
Well, well, the Chiefs gave up theirs with the trade with the Ravens. Right. Buffalo's there. Let's see, Tampa's there, and Green Bay's always there. So Green Bay's always looking to get rid of their first-round picks. So The Packers love yeah, we to have trade been, back. The, the Packers haven't picked at, at their spot. Well, not at their spot, but they have made a move in the first round, a trade in the first round to move picks in every draft since Gutekunst uh, became the GM. So whether it's up or down, it's been – actually, it's been both. So – I, I think I feel like this would be a one they move back, but who knows? Okay. Well, you know, it was interesting. I forgot where I was reading it. It was one of those rumor mill sites, and it was saying that apparently the, uh, and I know this is kind of transitioning into the Packers now. It's um, mm-hmm. New England was interested in Jordan Love, and apparently looking to possibly make some sort of trade where. The Packers would give up Jordan Love in some sort of package. Uh, it's not, it's not off the table. I I've seen and there is like a, one of the writers for the Athletic for the Packers wrote like a, it was like it wasn't like a hot take column, but it was like a bold, it was a bold prediction thing. And one of his bold predictions was that he gets traded. It's I find it hard to believe this year but it is very possible where like they made the decision last year that they thought it was time to move on i mean you can't move on from an mvp quarterback so if they think they've seen enough now where okay we don't need to make this move for another three years then sure i it wouldn't shock me if they traded him for like a second or a third it would really wouldn't shock me right but if they were to stay there, uh, WalterFootball.com has Greg Newsome, cornerback, Northwestern. It's possible, I think. I mean, corner, corner is probably their biggest need. The thing is, whoever they pick is still probably not going to play. Um, they re-signed Kevin King even after. I mean, he had an okay season. He had a miserable uh, postseason. A, a, he had a season-defining, a season-losing NFC Championship game. Like it just, just, there's nowhere else to, to call it. Like he was one right before the half. Why they lost that game? Right before the half, and also it's not. I mean, it's not talked about. If you watch the first touchdown they scored, he jumps about 35 seconds too early, and like he was, he could have very easily been in position to knock it down. He didn't. Um, I'd be fine with that. I wanted. Asante Samuel's son is in this draft, <laughs> and I've heard his name a lot. Asante um, Samuel's son is in this draft. He, uh, it's it's the, weird to say that, isn't it? The guy, but, the guy retired um, like four years ago. Literally fifteen <laughs> seconds ago. But yeah, it um, it's that's a way that I've a, a name I've heard a lot. Um, it seems like. I'm looking at um, the draft network, which is like you could make your own uh, mock draft kind of thing. Asante Samuel retired in 2013 after the 2013 season. Really? Yeah. That seems a while. So they have him ranked at 60 overall, um, 
which is lower than he was. He, they, I, I've used this thing before, and they had him going first round ish. Um, understy, undersized, but he's good in man coverage, which is kind of what they need. Like you can put him in a, as a slot corner, and they have they would have two guys on the outside and be fine. Um, but I, it's guy that has to be a cornerback. They do need offensive linemen too, but that's something they always take later. They drafted John Runyon Jr. last year, and he might get some playing time right away this year. Isn't what's-his-name out to start the year? What's-his-name got I, hurt, signed the big deal? And Yeah, Bakhtiari towards ACL last year. They don't know how like, long he's going to be out. He's talking like he could be back for camp, or at least like soon. But he's probably going to get some playing time if Bakhtiari's out early. But they still need depth you know, behind that. Um, they lost their center this year. So, I mean, they kind of have a replacement. They had a backup who was decent. But they do need some offensive line help. And obviously, I mean, it's always weapons is always the conversation. I don't really think they need to go that way. I mean, they quite literally had the number one offense in the league last year. So, to me, saying that they need receivers when they had the number one offense is kind of, I don't know, selling an old narrative. Isn't that how it works? Um, yeah, I they could definitely use an inside linebacker too. So like we talked about the guy from Dane mentioned the guy from Notre Dame before. Um, I'd be all over that. They could use some inside linebacker help. So Walter football's two other possibilities, and keep in mind the the mock draft that he did was the twenty fifth, and he'll probably do another one before the draft itself. Um, he had Jackson Cameron or Tavon Jenkins, the offensive lineman, and he also had uh, Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver. From Florida, yeah. Darius Tony is another name I've heard a lot about. Um, and again, like I said before, uh, they haven't. I mean, the only the only pick they haven't moved was the pick they took to take Rashawn Gary. That pick they stayed everywhere else. They've uh, they moved up in that draft after they took Gary to take Darnell Savage. They moved back to well, moved up and then moved back to Jair Alexander his first draft. Move up to take Love his last trip. So he's not afraid to move up, clearly. So if he wants, um, I don't know. I'm just Mike saying, mister, I'm going to complain about him. Rashad Gary, I'm just saying he's going to be your guy, apparently, announcing your second round pick also. But I'm just saying. I can't. He had a good second half of the season. If there, If there's a guy they want to move up, there's a couple tackles or... I mean, there's another edge rusher from Michigan, but I don't think they're going to go that way. Um, he's not afraid to move up. Caleb Farley, a guy we talked about before for the Jets, is another guy they you know they could move up. So that could be a, a pick, like we talked about before. The Jets want to move back and gain some capital. Packers could be an option for that. So uh, I, I expect them to move somewhere. They usually do, but if not, sit there and take a corner or an offensive lineman, and I'll be fine. It's interesting, like, the Packers, because, like, they're always this. It's usually, it seems like, they're always picking anywhere from 25 to 32. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. you never know what's going to happen with them. You don't know where they're, what they're picking. You don't know what they're doing. And it's kind of like, they're that team that, like, despite social media, you never know. Yeah, I mean, there is... Uh... 
there, there is usually always this ambiguity when you get to the end of a round anyway. Like, you know, nobody knows. Oh, like, like we do now with guys going early. You know, nobody knows what the Bears are going to do. Or, well, the Bears have the 20th pick. That's well, the Bears just pick. took their great quarterback. They don't need anything else. They're good. Why do the Bears? Oh. The Bears have the red rocket. They're good. But why do the Bears have a first-round pick is my question. They traded. Who did they trade to get this pick? Uh, Chicago. Oh. No. I was going to say. Somebody made the playoffs. I was going to say Seattle. Didn't they make the playoffs? The Bears? No. The Bears have the number 20th overall pick. The Bears don't have their pick. Is um, 2021 NFL draft. Where's that great Wikipedia page when we need it? That always has all those answers. Because they all their picks went for Mac, I think. I don't think that's their pick. Trades Houston, Miami, Miami, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Miami. That looks like their pick. I don't think that oh they did they did make the playoffs. I think you're right. Right, because they played that stupid Nickelodeon game against the Saints. Right. Oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> stupid Nickelodeon game. You oh fuck. I can't believe I forgot about that. Did okay. you know that they did that for an Islander game a couple weeks ago? Where like if you watch I, the highlights there was slime coming out of the nets when they scored? I it wasn't the same, but yes, I I did hear that. I if I wish they would have gone all out with it like they did, like explaining it and having the kid announcers and stuff. Cause that's, like, that See, that would have been go. cool for hockey, though. It would have. I don't hockey think it worked well some... for football. It worked fine for football. I feel like you got to do some sort of like regular season game where, like, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. I don't know. Yeah. Um,. So yeah, it's the Packers are that weird. Are, are always put themselves in a weird spot and annoys me every year because it's they never go just all in. Stick to the system. They just it's just you draft and develop and you and you stay at least good, like described as good or very good. And if the quarterback gets hot, then you're gonna win. And if not, then that's really it. But they're always going to be a team who's in the final eight of the league. And it's, like, frustrating because it's, like, go for it. But with the cap the way it is this year, it was tough to – Is this they, the TV deal cap year or no? Next year, right? I think it's next – because this year the cap stayed at what it was because of coronavirus and everything. I think either next year – Right, because next year is when the DirecTV thing goes away, that, and it becomes like Amazon or whatever. The um, right, the Amazon thing. And if I take it, goes away and whatever. So I think it's next year. Well, they, they but they're not going to get like the NBA style jump. They're just going to get, I think, a jump like more normal to what they could have. Because like the NHL, 
just sold their TV, resold their TV rights. Their contract is up with NBC, and they sold. Well, NBC is also dropping the sports network. Right, NBC's dropping the sports network, and they sold their well, not sold. The NBC, the NF, the ESPN. NHL sold. Yeah, to see, like seventy five percent of it to ESPN. There's another twenty five percent they have to sell, but. That's just going to keep their cap where it is, basically. All the money that the, whatever seven hundred million dollars they made is just going to help keep their cap at the eighty million that it's at. Well, they've also said in the NHL that they they may now that their fans are back and that they're fully expecting full arenas next year that there's a possibility that it can raise it. it well, that would make sense, but people it won't like, be. It won't be like. Oh, it's going up to a hundred million. No, it's going to go to no. like eighty-five to eighty-seven in like, that range. Elliot Friedman on the on his podcast was he he was saying this could be three years they keep it this way if if they don't bounce back when they get fans the way they think they will. And the problem part of the problem is their biggest ticket markets are Canada and that they don't have fans. Well, you know we're all going to have fans. Getting the Leaf fans back in the building, getting the Hab fan back in the building, getting the Flames fans and Jets fans back in the buildings is not possible right now. Right, but so they think gonna, it could be, be for a next while. Season. Yeah. So switching gears um, before we bring Donnie on in a little bit, um, over to the New York Giants. Um, the real interesting pick of the three picks that we that that we're going over, and about. it's interesting to see which direction they go to. And I'm gonna be the first to say. And this is going to be something that, you know, isn't going to be a, a a favorite thing to say for a lot of people, but it's just my thought process. I don't think Waddle and Smith are there. And if one of them is there, I don't think they're worth it at this time. I feel okay. like the Giants have other needs. That is going to help out a lot more. Um, I would love Slater from Northwestern to fall. Right. Getting a new another young tackle and slash, you know, you know, we had um what's his name at center. Who knows if that's really the, the long term solution there. Slater is a guy who played center at Northwestern for a year. So he can go move over to the center. He can go to an offensive tackle line. You know, and also he'll be a young lightly paid offensive lineman that they right. can have. Um and also a guy like Sertain from Penn State. Um I know oh, the Alabama, Giants by the way. What? Sertain's from Alabama. Oh yeah, Sertain's from Alabama, that's right, that's right. Um he uh and didn't or, they just sign one of his coaches? Basically the whole coaching staff's from Alabama. Right. So <laughs> yeah. he like literally like came out and was like, Yeah, put us together again. Let's oh, see. Oh, you're think you're thinking of Micah Parsons from Penn State. Okay, Michael yeah, Parsons. yeah. Parsons, yeah, yeah. That was the So one. Coach Chaos, the defensive line coach. Yeah, yeah. So he's like a guy I wouldn't be afraid of getting here or moving back to get. Uh Sertan and Jace Horn or the other two I see here. Yeah, um, Joe Horn's son. Jesus Christ. That's Joe Horn's son? Aaron yeah. Tut. Oh, the son's in this draft. It's becoming like the fucking Blue Jays. <laughs> this is, oh my goodness. My question is, does he bring a cell phone to every game and leave better. it under the goalpost? If this yeah, man better, even, uh, doesn't pull a cell phone out of somewhere when he gets drafted, 
he will have failed. If he doesn't have a flip phone to call his dad when he yeah. gets drafted. <laughs> they need to, like, put a flip phone. They need to put a set of uprights out there for him so he can pull a flip phone out. He had, they, that needs to happen. So I, I get what you're saying, Steve. Um, I'm, I'm thinking from the other train of thought. Obviously, I like the Slater idea. Um, if it's a some something crazy happens, I'm okay with Parsons. Um, I'm okay with trading back for Parsons. Like. Well, yeah, I'm okay about trading back, but we know the history with Gettleman. It's the running joke. If he actually trades back, we'll be shocked. Right. Um, no, hundred percent. I'm, I'm in the opposite idea with Waddle and Smith. Um, the reason why is, um, I think Smith's actually going to go to the top ten. I, I think he's going to sneak in his his game speed. I know he was hurt last year, but and he won the. He also rate, won the. Uh, he won the uh, Heisman Trophy. So no, he didn't. Smith did. Right. You said. Oh, you meant Waddle. You're talking Waddle because you you said Smith. Oh, I, I said Smith. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I I said uh, I thought I said Waddle. All right. Well, Waddle has the game breaking ability, and everybody's looking for that style of player. The quote unquote um, Terry Kill and all that other stuff and his speed and with even with his injury he's still a game breaker so if he's there at 11 and the giants love him on the board they would be criminal for them not to take him and especially the with especially with uh the eagles right behind them now right we'd have to face him for the next five to six years um as for Smith, um, I think Smith's a better, better uh, casual wide receiver other than Waddle. He he's a better route runner. He's gonna make the more contestant catches. And granted, he's only 160 something pounds. Who cares? He the kid's a baller. He's he played. He was a baller from freshman year to senior year at Alabama. So I I, I don't care about his uh, weight. Because his height is going to take care of it. And having him with um, Galladay, Shepard, and Slayton moving to the fourth, number fourth wide receiver, maybe third, depending on what situation it can go, our offense could really break out. And people don't even talk about the other. We have Ross. Right, Ross as well. Um, I think I think any pretty much anybody but Galladay is replaceable on this team. I know we all love Shepard, right. but... It's not the end of the world if we do get a wide receiver because that guy's going to be coming in day one, knocking on wood, healthy, and he's going to be our one of our top targets right away. So um, I wouldn't mind it. Um, like there's like Shepard has. So just so you know, uh-huh. Shepard has two, three more years potentially on his contract. Shepard. Right. Um, cutting him raises his cap hit to ten this year, from nine. Yeah, we're not gonna cut Shepard. He he's but he's if too they much did, to... but if they did do it after the year, it brings it down to four million and two million. Okay. So if you um, were to go in that direction, what you're thinking, wide out wise, cap wise, long term could be Shep being becoming a cap casualty and going some ending up somewhere else at the end of the year. Yeah, and honestly, it's it's worth it. If either of those guys are still on the board, it it has to be considered. Um, I don't think Waddle's going to be there. I'll be honest. I think someone's going to take Waddle. 
See, I'm just completely convinced. One, yeah, you're right about Waddle, but I just feel like, and even like all the mocks I'm seeing is the Dolphins aren't going to take one of them. Why wouldn't you? If you're right, Dolphin? well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you look, not? I'm looking right here, lining up wide receivers. Pick five, Jamar Chase. Get Joe's guy. And then give Tua one of his guys. It makes perfect sense. Right. And I get the love. People love Kyle Pitts. They're looking at him as like. The generational talent. They're, they're, they're looking at him as being one of those like Kelsey type of line, uh, tight ends where he can line right. up anywhere and be the most dangerous player. And I get it. But again, and also the kid from um, Ving, you just mentioned Chase from LSU. Like I get it also, but. Again, and it's funny we're bringing Donnie on a little bit to talk about Cincinnati. And he wants Chase now. Like, a couple of weeks ago, he wanted the Oregon lineman. He wanted Sewell. He wanted or, sl- or move back and grab Slater. He was thinking that way. And then today when we were talking, he's like, I kind of want to go with the – give Joe his guy. And it makes, it makes sense also sense. with Tua. Like yeah, why would it makes too much sense? I'm actually on the opposite. I, I I think I still think I would go Penny Sewell, especially with Joe coming back with the. Well, yeah, injury. no, I I agree with you on that. But like, it does make sense though, in a way, if you think about it, giving him one of giving them one of their guys. Neither of them Plus have you, weapons. You have T Higgins with them a year. You or have two Higgins, with T. Higgins, right? And what is what does Miami have at wideout at this point? Parker is the only guy. Is Parker yeah. still there? Yeah, he's think... still there, and they have Gasecki, who's a decent tight end. Right. Um, but they don't have that game changer as as right. a wideout uh, in the outside. A lot of this comes down to honestly to the Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons, the Falcons have... starts this draft. Yeah, because you if they're taking a quarterback, which is very possible, then it throws things off to do the Broncos take Mac Jones or. Right. You would think they want a quarterback too, and, and Trey then... Lance is in the equation as right. well. So, so then, where do the Lions go? Where you know the, I, Panther, you think... the Panthers are up in the air. What do you want to do? Do you want to try and keep giving? You just made this big trade for Sam Darnold, right? Sure. Are you so, are you going to go they, get him they... weapons? Are you going to try and protect right. him? I right, think... and you also have the Lions who need wide receivers too. Do so the look, do the Lions look at Trey Lance if he's there at seven and well, say? I don't think so. They just got Jared Goff. They have Goff in his long contract. They can't right. really. Is it long? I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, you know, they're signed it. They didn't, like, re, they didn't restructure it, so it's pretty long. Um, I think definitely like, expensive. With the Panthers, I think that's the farthest Sewell goes. Like, I think he's too. Too much of an upper echelon talent to where it's like, we don't really, like, this might not be the best place where we want to go. We might have rather taken a weapon, but we can't pass up on this talent right now. So, so just so you guys are aware on Goff, right? Goff has this year, next year, and then an out. Oh, okay. He has an out, which will bring his cap hit down from $30 million to $10 million a year. Right. For they're, two they're years, they're not gonna, they're not drafting uh, Lance. They're, I know. I'm just, I'm just thinking like Detroit's the type of team though that can shock everybody and take that right. oh, person yeah, nobody thinks. But I, 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 it would be criminal. I think it would when, be. No, 100 percent agree with you. Like give, like see the problem is you made this trade to get this younger quarterback, but right. you let Marvin Jones and Galladay walk. Right? Didn't Jones walk also? Yeah. Yeah. Jones went to. Uh... I don't know, somewhere. 
Yeah, but like this is but back to the Giants. This is why the Giants right. are sitting pretty. They 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 have the driver's seat of the best available player, and just don't fuck it up. Just just at the end of the day, do not fuck it up. There's like four or five guys that you can get, and the most of the fan base and the people that work for the Giants are like, okay, I'm happy that we got Marvin Jones went to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. okay, so that's I, good for him. He he went to a team that's got a lot of cap space and is gonna have the he's gonna be the weapon for the first overall pick. That's a good choice it by is, that guy. There is an interesting. I, I, like, I first ben, what do you think like, as the outside non-giant fan with the Giants pick? Going into it, like as when we before we started talking, I was thinking receiver. Right. I'll admit part of it is because I forgot they got Kenny Galladay, but it's still. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know, because Shep is still mostly a slot guy for the most part. Am I correct? You could debate about it, but yes, you're uh, the he's he, he's your is, common. You can put him anywhere on the field for right. any type of scenario. The common fan will think so, but he can definitely go outside. He could move outside. Right. He's like he's like your Amendola Edelman. Right. You just kind of like this is the route. You're our B, so you're going to be in the slot, or you're our C, so go stand on the outside on this side. You know, right. he can stand anywhere. He can start somewhere, move somewhere. He's one of those wide receivers. Right. Because then, like, Smith is a guy that, it, like you said, Danny, that the the, the numbers, not uh, playing numbers, but physical numbers don't pop out of you the 40 time and the height and the weight. But he's just... I, he plays the receiver position well. He has good footwork. He's a good route runner. So I, I, I feel like that would be the way to go. Because I don't think the defense was fine last year, right? I mean, you could always yeah, get the better. The defense was fine. We could definitely use edge. That's where we. That's where the debate comes in. Do they try to trade down? So like this is the right, other. There's no edge rushers you're going to take at this point. Right. Uh, so with the Giants, with that, hopefully, if the Giants want to trade back, the only way I think that we would be able to trade back is if. Mac Jones or Trey Lance are still on the board, and like the Patriots or another team that is desperate for a quarterback or we think is desperate for a quarterback, we can trade back, and that would be the only time I would want an edge. That like, um, like I think that's the yeah I think the the Patriots trading up for a Mac Jones and then taking Jalen Phillips or right. one of the other guys we or about. um the guy from Georgia Aziz yeah. Or or, or even the Michigan like a, dude. Yeah. What what what's your take on the Michigan guy, Steve? Which one? Uh, um, Payne. Yeah. Quiet Payne. Yeah. Yeah. He's a... actually the same age as Rashawn Gary. I just thought that was a funny. Thing. He yeah. oh, he wow. has like that a lot of upside, but he needs to be put in the right situation. Like, right. He, is he can't be, be the... up at the linebacker, or is he going to be? The he could do both. He did both. And... He did both did in both. school. Okay. He did both in school, um, which is huge for the Giants, right? He did both, and he, but he's not gonna be the guy that you're gonna notice, you know, on every. Point. Okay, so in other words, if we got him at eleven, uh, Giants Twitter is gonna burn down. But if we get him at fifteen, it'll be okay. If you get him, if you're moving back to get him, and you're also getting more, you know, draft revenue, right, is the best way to put it along with him fine because then you have a guy who can come in and and honestly at 11 the guy from penn state the other the thing i was thinking about was a guy get like gets to learn from blake martinez 
Blake Martinez right. is a teacher. Could also go on the edge too, which is right. huge. Also a guy that sat out last year too, so I'll be interested to see how his like value rankings. Right? Was he the one that sat out? Who? Um, I don't think he Parsons. did. No, I don't think I'm thinking of Rousseau Someone... from Miami. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of. Um, um, but the, par- the... But the thing with Parsons is, um, he was uh, proven that he was innocent in the situation, but there's other off the field issues with him that could scare off teams so maybe with coach chaos and knowing him as a person that can so parsons did opt out yeah yeah. oh parson did opt out too there's so many people that opt out i know but but you know what this also goes back to our conversation from a couple years ago that we always had about like players tweaking their ankles like uh what's his name from ohio state bosa tweaked his ankle the year that he got a top five right and then um you know, that he was tweaked it. It was like the was a bowl. McCaffrey was the bowl game. Uh, Bosa, Bosa was, was like, like the second game of the season. He twists his ankle. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'm a top five pick. I'm I'm done. My season's right. over. That. Well, but the Gettleman dropping out last joke. year is a whole nother story. Gettleman made a funny joke at his um press conference. He did two this week. He did one for free agency and one for um draft. And he made, cracked a joke that some players looked phenomenal even though they missed the year, and other jokes, and, he, and others looked like as if it was him getting ready for the season, oh, ready to go. So it's going so to be on, interesting. On the draft network, they have Mika Parsons, the Giants, and the caption is like the perfect way to to describe if they were to take him here, and it says Giant defense most surprising unit in right. 2020, and him in 2021. Do it all skill set. Right. So it it's is, like, and again, he's an inside guy who's going to learn now. Right. Getting to stand next to, to Blake and listening to Blake and, and like literally he's, Blake's the type of player, and I don't know if he did this a lot in Green Bay, but you can see it last year. He's the guy who clearly in the locker room is grabbing guys for extra extra time, extra reps. Hey, this is what happened in practice. Hey, this is what happened. You see it on the sideline. And that's why he wears a C. That's why, you know, the numbers were great for Blake last year. But I just like Blake because you can right. see he's that, I'm he's the, the, I'm the vet the here. I'm the leader. I need to coach. And he's one of those guys that you can see end up becoming a linebacker coach later on in his life. You know, yeah. one of those type of, of things. He's um, perfect for like being in charge of your defense he's just sure. slightly limited out you know athletically but you know if it's the right if you have the right front it's not you don't have to worry about it right and that and that's what that's our hope um blake right. year one was fantastic for us all the reasons steve said um i wouldn't hate parsons i i think he's in the group of the waddle the waddles uh smith and slater grouping if like if we take him at 11 i'm not mad i'm actually excited about it but I think all the other edge guys, I would be slightly like, okay, I know it's an important position, but that's here or there. Um, yeah, that would be I a doomsday so. scenario. Like, I think if there's a doomsday scenario, I would even consider taking Sertan or something if we can't trade out of it and just add our secondary to be just like the stupidest secondary of all time. Like, yeah. recreate the Legion of Boom 2.0. I, I wouldn't – you mentioned Slater. I, I think that's like as far as you go with Lyman. If, if he's gone already, then you don't bother with Lyman and you just go right. with one of these. Yeah, you either, you know. go, you either go Waddle, Smith, or Parsons. And yeah. 
That'd See, like, fun. that's the thing with the Eagles. That's the thing with the Eagles behind us. It's like we're going to have to deal with Waddle or Smith against us for, like, the rest of the eternity. And you're like, ah, and just so you, you guys, can't really happen. Just so you guys know, the, the start of players wearing single digits, Patrick Peterson announces it. he will wear number seven for the Vikings. I love it. I don't give a shit what number people wear. I, I, I will wear my Michigan... Number five, Jabril Peppers every week if he's like, wearing number five. Tom Brady, oh, yeah, that's that's happening. If he, if he gets Don't extended, care. that's my next jersey. Especially if he changes to five. I will have every giant version of that jersey. <laughs> We're going to take a little break right now. We'll be back on the other side with Don. Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website snsnapshots.com so if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project contact sn snapshots now welcome back to the special edition of the snd podcast show the nfl draft edition and like we mentioned earlier we are raising some money for a good cause this week um and i would like to welcome now to the show for the first time donnie boyer what's going on donnie how are you i'm doing really well how are you Good, good, good. Thank you for joining us. So a little story for Don on Donnie is that he is one of the owners of my business and out of New Jersey, and he's originally from Ohio. So, you know, as a Michigan football fan and Michigan college fan, I get to cheer three times a year, and it's for my hockey team, my basketball team, and when Ohio State loses in the playoffs. And I remember Donnie got really upset with me when I got excited about Alabama destroying them. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, we are here for more important things this week. Um, we're going to start off right away and talk a little bit about your son, Parker. And uh, why don't you give everybody a little background on what exactly is the Weidman-Steiner syndrome? Cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you say, like, what is it? It's, it's strange because it affects so many different children differently or humans differently because um, it's a part of the gene where it, it tells your organs what to do and when to grow and things like that. And essentially tells your body decides if you're going to be tall, short, whatever the case may be. So every kid's a little bit different. Right. And um, for Parker specifically, he's short. Uh, my four-year-old daughter is taller than him. He's um, developmentally delayed. And, you know, so on and so forth, right? So just to kind of paint a picture for you, like that's him on like a piece of paper. But something that's really cool about Weidemann-Steiner syndrome is the children are just super sweet. Like he's the life of the party. He has a lot of qualities that in business and in sales, I wish I had. Like if he wants my attention, it's hey, daddy. And if he has to say, hey, daddy, 32 times, he does not care, <laughs> right? Like, no is not an answer, right? So, um, and he's the man, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's just kind of like Weidemann and, and Parker in a nutshell. And there's only a thousand humans with this. So, you know, it's still learning. Everyone's still learning. Our geneticist is like, I think she's fairly young, right? Like 36 and she's the expert right like because nobody's had the time to um study this you know 
because it's fairly new. Right, right, right. And and this led to you and your wife, Melissa, starting the Rare Jeans Movement, which, like we mentioned earlier, we are going to raise $3 for every listen we get to on this podcast directly for the Rare Jeans Movement. And what made you guys want to start start up that the charity? So really to spread awareness and, and help as much as we can. So in our situation specifically, right, we do fairly well professionally. We're not killing it, killing it, but we do okay. And because of that, like, we don't get a lot of help. And, you know, I think part of us wanting to start this was to, you know, help families maybe financially get therapies or, you know, be able to afford a test that their insurance might not cover um, and really help families. But, you know, even going beyond that, it's, you know, maybe we raise so much money that, you know, we can do some therapy in Iceland with stem cells and try to figure out some sort of treatment for children who and, and families who would like to go that route. You know, maybe we help create that and, and make that a possibility and obviously to spread awareness because most children with a rare genetic disorder, they're not, you know, the testing, everything, it's not caught until on average, I think, until they're five, right? And that's a lot of development in between when they're born and five. So, you know, the earlier you catch it, the, the, the more things you can do to help, you know, increase the odds of your children being developmentally where they need to be at a certain age, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And um, I know you guys do, I've, saw, I've seen on your Instagram page, Stripes, is it, for, for, for this one? Um, yeah, so COVID kind of like shut us down as far as doing things, but we did a, an event um, literally February 2020, <laughs> you know, right before everything went down of uh, Stripes for Parker, where uh, we rented out like a, a restaurant and gave away prizes and things like that and raised a good amount of money. And, um, you know, I think we're going to start doing more events again, but on Rare Disease Day, um, we wear stripes for Parker. Yes. Okay. And what day is Rare Disease Day? Is there February 28th. February 28th. Okay, cool. cool. Okay, so unfortunately we missed it, but next year we could definitely uh, help you guys promote that. Um, Like, it's really cool what you guys are doing and especially helping out um, fam- other families with a uh, similar situation, especially unlike, unlike like you guys with um, that are less better off, I guess you can say. Um what's like the feedback from like other parents, like from, from you and your wife of like, obviously I would assume grateful and everything else like that. Like, like it must feel really awesome to get the positive feedback from other people that are, are in the foundation as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're not, you know, just be very honest with you. um, You know, if a family is not well off, they get taken care of like the government will step in and Medicare and Medicaid will step in and and things will actually be inexpensive. It's when you're in the middle class, right? That's really where things get like really tough financially for you. And that's really where we try to focus on. Although, you know, we, once again, we, we just now became, um, 501 C three, which is, yeah. So that's, it's big news. Right. Um, and that was because COVID it like held up everything. And so we haven't gotten, an opportunity to fund anything with a family yet, but we have, we have some families that we're considering, um, 
that we're going to do. We just need to learn the legalities because once again, we just became a 501c3. So we're going to start raising more money and doing more things where we can really um, do that. But unfortunately, because of COVID, once again, <laughs> we got stalled or, or we'd already be in that phase. The feedback we've gotten from everyone, at least, has been has been great. Everyone's excited. And, um, you know, I think there needs to be more um, individuals do this. Wow, that, that's that's great to hear as well, especially with like a little bit bigger um, foundation. And then with you guys growing, that's really nice to have to see that as well. Um, so, like any other things you'd want to like speak about with the, the Sorare disease or anything with your charities before we talk about the, the Bengals, since you're a big Bengals fan? Oh, man. Um yeah, I just think, you know, everybody can check us out on uh, rarejeansmovement.org, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, just, I, I don't really know if I want to go any more in depth because no, I that's, think... that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Steve, do you want to take it away with uh, talking about the Bengals? So, so or... I did mention earlier on the episode that a couple weeks ago, Donnie, you and I were talking and you were looking what we need to protect our prized possession, Joe Burrow. But Mm. today you kind of transitioned a little away from protecting him. No, no, no. Let me just be, I got to clear the air a little bit here. So first (laughs) of all, um, as far as you being a Michigan fan, okay. The basketball thing is new for you. Let's just be very real. Okay. And um, so I just had to clear that thing up. But no, yeah, I think Jamar Chase would be a phenomenal pick for us because of how deep the linemen go. Right. Um, There are, I would say, probably three other linemen that I would be 100% okay if we got in the second round. um, Because I feel like, like, you remember what I was saying to you earlier, right? The, the, The Heisman Trophy winner, right? He's not even being talked about right now, right, Devontae Smith. And it's because Jamar Chase is there. So that's incredible to me. So I think this is this guy's like, uh, you know, Julio Jones type of player. At least that's what they're saying. And if that's the case, I don't see how we can pass on that, right? So and then we got these other linemen um, in the second round that I think would be, you know, phenomenal. I mean, I really like Jackson Carmen, right, okay. from uh, – Clemson. He almost went to Ohio State. It was like a big deal. I mean, he's a stud, right? Um, so I don't know. That's my opinion on that. All right. Uh, I I could see where your, your train of thought is, and I, I I I wouldn't hate the move. Obviously, with like Chase, uh, I I think with if Penny Sewell, because I've Penny Sewell, unfortunately, he didn't play this year because of COVID situ- situation. So. I think before going into the season, he he was still automatically like the like if he came out last year, he would have been the top white alignment left of the top tackle. So I think I think you might have to consider like I know you wouldn't be mad if you go Sewell, obviously, but no, I would not be. <laughs> especially with Joe, yeah, especially if Joe's coming back from knee injury, I think you guys are sitting pretty with the win-win situation with either Chase or Sewell. Like I, you can't really. He can't go wrong with either of those two picks, and I, I, I know you're not siding so short. It's just like one of those like you're you guys are sitting pretty. So, 
you really can't lose with either of those picks. Um, me personally, I get what you're saying. I think I'm going to still go with Sewell just because of how badly Joe Burrow was getting beat up last year. It's and, so bad. And, and he's taken over for um, Bobby Hart, who us Giant fans know and hate. <laughs> so <laughs> just having that as your right tackle or you move him to left tackle right there, you don't have to see Bobby Hart ever again. So... Uh, that's oh, a win. That's the best amazing. thing the Giants did. Right. So I think just that alone, I think, would make it penny soul. But <laughs> you're not wrong. Like, like the, the two spots that the Bengals need are very deep. So like you said, with the tackles, you can also say about wide receivers, and it's a win-win mm-hmm. situation. So you guys are sitting pretty regardless. Right. So imagine it's like either way, let's say uh, – I, I just also – I feel like the Bengals over the years have had so many opportunities to really pick that guy, and we've went in linemen, right? Like, right. Uh, okay, that's that's fair. I, I, this is coming right? from an uh, unbiased. This, this 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 may be emotional. Right. <laughs> no, like, it's fair, especially but, what but they've done to get... you over the years. I, I I completely get it. Uh... Let's say <laughs> we get Swell, right? But then this is what I do like. It's like then you have Marshall Jr. from LSU, right? So he we can link him with Joe Burrow again in the second round. So it's it's a win-win for us, I think, in, in this year's draft. And this is the first time I've felt this way in a long time. It's, like, exciting to be a Bengals fan right now with Burrow there. You know, he's got swag. And he's got – he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger when he came in the league, right? But, like, I feel like he's just a little bit more swaggy, if that makes sense. And like, no, I get it. I, and I like also- that. Every, everybody saw after they won the championship him in the cigar and sitting in yeah. the locker room with and, his legs crossed. also in the second round, hopefully he's, he – Pat gets there, but Terrence Marshall is also an LSU guy that lit it up with him as well. So mm-hmm. there's so many choices that the Bengals are saying pretty. So, so what are you guys thinking for the draft with the Giants? Um, I'm Steve's. Uh, Steve's uh, leaning towards Parsons. Um, I I, I kind of want Parsons. I would love. I I would lean towards Parsons, but I want Slater to fall to me. Right. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a guy to fall to me, it's Slater, at eleven. Right. Um. I'm I'm the same with Slater, but I'm going with uh, Devontae Smith because I think Waddle's gonna be gone in the top ten. So, yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't hate Parsons either. But I I think at the end of the day, just getting another playmaker for Jones would be huge. Isn't it dumb how we're like you guys are like settling for the Heisman Trophy winner? Oh no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> so, like I, I just I hate this is the weirdest thing. Right. So it's I'm gonna like, also state this on record, fast. right, about the Heisman Trophy winner. So the last time the New York Giants picked number eleven in the NFL draft, there was a Heisman Trophy winner waiting there, and they drafted him named Ron Dame. Right. So it's not exactly a good juju of selecting Heisman Trophy for the New York Giants. Okay, I still have people that sit around me that yell out, please keep Ron Dane off the field. Like, the guy hasn't played since, like, 2004. Right. Ron Dane's that name out there. Right. Like, but, like, I think Tiki Barber also breaking out also hurt Ron Dane's chances of ever being good as well, which is good or bad. Um, But, yeah, I I think. But I think Danny started on Ron Dane. No, no, I'm not doing it. I, I told, um, we have a guy in my football in my section at the games. I get him on. He can just do an hour and a half of just yelling about Ron Dane for everybody. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. 
whatever. Um, but I, I honestly think it's going to be Smith or Slater for me personally. Obviously, if Waddle falls to us, we're running to the board and getting Waddle. I would think just that game breaker, you just got to do it. Um, but yeah, I, you guys are sitting pretty and like you guys are going to basically start the draft. Well, actually, that's not true. Uh, really what the Falcons are going to do, we're going to dictate the whole draft, really. Because mm. the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. It's really which quarterback is San Fran going to take at the end of the day. Is it going to be Fields? Is it going to be Mac Jones magically or even tra- uh, Trey Lance? Because obviously you don't trade up to number three and get tra- uh, Pitts. I'm sorry. He could, <laughs> be a, he could be a unicorn, but at the end of the day, that's not happening. I think I think Fields personally. I think so too. I I I also I I, I liked Fields in college, so I, I don't see why not. It feels like it feels like Watson all over again with uh, Fields for whatever reason. People don't want to give without him the, the massage credit. parlors. With yeah yeah, for, <laughs> for allegedly yeah. Oh, that's right, allegedly yeah. But that's yet to be seen with Fields. You never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to say he did go to Ohio State. Just saying. They are known for... Big fan. I forgot Michigan's so high, high morally grounded. Well, yeah. Well, you know. We just do it without getting in the newspaper. That's the um, advantage of being bad at the sport. Our players don't get put in the newspaper. That's the key. Stay what about on. that uh, Quiddy Pay guy from Michigan? I heard... Uh, I saw in a mock draft that... Uh... Giants might pick we, him. We talked about him earlier, and I would be okay with it because it's similar to Parsons where he can put his hand in the ground. He can also stand. He can do it all on defense. Um, but you would have to trade back for him and get some sort of other revenue out of it also. There's got to be a team at like somewhere between 15 to 20 that w- will be like, we're going to swap first rounders and give you our fourth or fifth rounder also. Right. And, and he's I'm, there when we get to that point. My my logic is hopefully a quarterback fall, falls to us like at 11 and one of those desperate teams that want a quarterback. The Bears. The, Bear, the Bears, <laughs> the Packers, um, not the Packers, the Bears, the Patriots. Uh, I know Washington might do it, not with us, but Washington could always hop in the top 10. That uh, would be some crazy trade. Um Something crazy like that can happen to help the Giants move back. That's an interesting one. Like, if I'm Washington, why not just like sell off half the draft for one of the quarterbacks if they like them? Right, they're pretty set otherwise. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. If there's any team like you can trust building right now, um, when you look at front office coaching staff, it's it's Washington in a way because, you know, you got Ron Rivera doing it. Like, he may not have the rings to show, like, hey, I can do this, but, like, people buy into Ron Rivera. And that's the important thing when it comes to Washington. Yeah, because he's as steady as can be. So you really you really can't go wrong with Juan Rivera. His track record speaks for himself. He's gone to a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they didn't win, but he is that steady guy and a great human being that coaches that team, the program. They finally have a good head coach to get that rebuild finally at the final steps of it. Granted, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, 
what we all know that that's just that's eventually going to end at some point. He'll have that crazy game with five touchdowns, and then he'll get the next game. He'll throw five picks, and you're just like, oh, Ryan Fitz Magic at its finest kind of thing. So I wouldn't be shocked if they end up getting a quarterback if one falls, and they they might as well trade to get him if they really like him. Yep, they're that interesting team. All right, Donnie. So, Jersey release was last week, and we, you know, went back and forth with the the jokes, of course, about the grass stains already on the jerseys and all of it. <laughs> but what is your honest opinion on these new Cincinnati Bengal jerseys? I like them. I, you know, I've always liked the Bengals jerseys, so I don't really want them to change them too much. And I think they just did some, uh, like, kind of witty little things. Like, they, you know, they put, like, Paul Brown inside and, like, this cool, his, his like, signature. And uh, I think it says, what, Cincinnati on the jersey in the front now. And they got rid of, like, on the side, the, uh, the boundaries or whatever, right? It's just open. They kept the stripes the same. I just – have you guys seen the, uh, the, the all-white and black Bengals jerseys that, like, a fan created or whatever? Uh, no, but is it similar to their color rush jerseys, I'm assuming? Yeah, and the helmet is just white and black, too. It's so oh, okay. sick. That's very it's, cool. Yeah, I'm like, I would love that. But I like the new jerseys. I like the stripes. I like that they kept it. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. You don't like it? I, you know, I want to say this, too, about, like, uh, I just got to go back to the draft pick. Because, like, as I'm, like, thinking more, it's like, well is like supposedly the king all and i feel like the Bengals need so much diversity on the line i feel like you know who they got they got reed right they picked him up that that fills a hole but i think we need a utility guy so i'm going to change that actually and i hope they get Sewell. okay okay the, the lineman from from oregon yeah, man. You know, as I'm like thinking about it, you guys are talking. First of all, when you said something about the Bears trading up, can I tell you how happy I am? One of my boys, uh, you know, Bill King, right? Yep. Big <laughs> He's Bears, a Bears guy. Fan, <laughs> and I, I love that I'm clowning on this guy about Andy Dalton, and I don't get made fun of anymore about my quarterback. <laughs> and that is such a great feeling, right? But I'm like, we got to protect this guy. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back on that. I'm sorry about that, but you know, no it's worries. Mind it's all, it's all good. Yeah, and you know what? Chase is going to end up being like a Julio Jones type guy, and I'm going to whatever. But if we get, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr., I'd be so stoked. Right. It, there's really no wrong answer. Uh, obviously, it's the Bengals and their history of drafting players. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. And here's the thing. He averaged, I think, 40 throws a game. So I, I think it's more than the line, too. I think the upgrade to the defense is going to help us out a lot. Like, if we don't get behind two touchdowns in the second quarter, <laughs> you know, like, it's going to help out tremendously. Right. right. We can hand the ball off. So I also think that as well. But, yeah. I'm with that. Yeah, man. What See, do you guys think about Zach Wilson? I, you know, do you guys think – his, uh, I saw something like they said, he's uh, he resembles Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go that I, far on it. Yeah, I wouldn't go that <laughs> far, but he definitely has. It looks like he has it. It's just, 
it's the Jets. Their history is it? Are they going to finally be able to build something around someone? It's like can, can the, the, the Jet fans talk like you are about the Bengals right now? That's no. what it's come. Will they though? You know, you got Burrows, and now you're like, okay, all we have to do is kind of protect him, get him some weapons, you know, all around get better around him. Is this finally that quarterback that they're going to take that the fans are going to be like, okay, cool, this guy has it, and now all we got to do is build around him? Because a lot of Jet fans, at least that I know, were not high on the Sam Darnold pick. You know, when all the draft picks traded away from Mark Sanchez, they weren't really high on him long term. You know, all these draft drafted quarterbacks they weren't really high on them but is this the guy that they're finally like wait a minute this is the guy we're going to draft this is the guy who's going to come in here and we're going to be able to build around him that's the biggest question yeah i feel like they're the Bengals, like how they we were like literally like four years ago (laughs) maybe five it's just like man only difference is at least we, you know, I've always enjoyed having AJ Green. I don't know why. I just think he's a good guy. After well, he, he is. He is. <laughs> you know, it, but when you look at like the Jets, it's like, I think their starting wide receiver is like Corey Davis. He's their one, right? Yeah. Who's good, but like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not that exciting to me, right? Yeah. Even like, even most bad teams. Like I'm a, like I'm a Packer fan, so like we played the Lions a lot. They at least they had Megatron or they had Stafford. They had a person you could watch. The Jets like they haven't had anybody you could even watch. And the funny thing about the Jets is they pay people that you want that you've wanted to watch like five years before you paid them. For real, like Le'Veon Bell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching uh, the Jets beat the Bengals in the playoffs, and Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that was a shitty game. <laughs> yeah right, like, like. and even then like you had two years of the afc championship game where you lost and then you decided to let your leading rusher leave for a guy who was in his like end of his career well no not true because the second year was lt lt was on the championship of the i thought he AFC was i thought it was thomas jones for both of them no, no, it okay, was one okay. one. It was LT, but, but still, you're, like you're right with thomas jones they should never let him go but right. but lt was fine Right, but still, like, what else was there? You stopped building, and next thing you know, Mark Sanchez runs into the offensive lineman's also, like, and it's over. But, like, half the, offensive, <laughs> half the offensive line also, like, retired after that season, though. Like, right, the and then they had Puxico. And then retired. Yeah, they had Puxico, and, and yeah. Santonio Holmes just ran amok of everything. But it's fun because, you know, it gives us something to laugh about as Giant fans. And how they still owe us rent from the last stadium. So, technically, it should say Giant Stadium on this building, too. I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> not not to be bitter or anything, but I'm saying. All At right. least you get to watch your football games, though. No, there are, like, no Bengals games on out here. <laughs> like, on the, on the East Coast, I'm done. Yeah, but you get, so, what is it? We said next year, is it, the new football deal? That should yeah. open that up a little bit. It's a year, oh. year or two, I forget. No, I don't know about this, but I'm into it. Because they're getting rid of the DirecTV plan. They dropped DirecTV for oh, the next couple of years. And I think it's yeah, they, Amazon that's getting it. Is that right, Danny? It, it's, it's, it's every, it's, I don't think it's strictly Amazon, but I think they're going to have one of the ways to get it. 
It's going to be like an additional payment on your like Prime account gets you like any football game or something like that, maybe. They didn't really speak in specifics. It's just that DirecTV isn't the only one with getting the uh, the package. So, so that may change soon, Donnie. I'm in, man. Let's go. <laughs> Especially, we're going to be good in a couple years. Let's go. Fair enough, fair enough. So... Tell us again how we can get involved with uh, the movement and the charity that you sure. guys have signed. So, so website, once again, rarejeansmovement.org. Um, our Instagram, our Facebook is on there. Follow us. Um, you know, we put up links and things you can go go to. Check out other sites that we are attached to. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, it's weird because... If you're outside of the community, it's it's like, you know, even before Parker is like, am I going to click on this and like share it, blah, blah, blah. But like share stuff, you know, and right. I think that really helps spread the word. And, um, you know, the more more talk about things, obviously, more things get done. So 100 percent, 100 percent. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, listening about my fam, my uh, nonprofit and uh yeah. And, uh, you know, Steve, good luck for the team up north, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, of course, we will share all those links with you guys on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Uh, make sure you share this episode on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Now. What was those other ones that randomly we got, Danny? Speaker. uh yeah i don't know the random companies but <laughs> the, the, the site standard podcast companies <laughs> give them a listen share let people know because this is definitely a good cause and like donnie said it's like affecting families like donnie and and it's still a very rare disease and hopefully um we can help as little as we can hopefully whatever we can do is better than nothing i guess uh, so right. good luck with donnie and and Parker and, and anybody else that's getting affected by these rare diseases. So uh, good luck with everything. And, of course, don't forget to follow the S&D podcast on Instagram. We will be once again doing our live reaction show on Thursday during the draft. We have a bunch of guests lined up for the day to join us. So make sure you're following us on Instagram to get that taken care of as well. Donnie, once again, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a good night, everybody. What does this mean?